Hello and welcome to this week's journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm Mandalina Chobano, and in today's episode, we'll talk about automated fact-checking with Mivan Babakar, Digital Product and Supporter Communications Manager at Full Fact. Full Fact, the UK's independent fact-checking charity, announced today that it has received $500,000 from the Omidyar Network and the Open Society Foundations to build two new automated tools for journalists and fact-checkers around the world. In 2013, the team at Full Fact started to explore different ideas for how technology could be used to improve and expand the way they were doing fact-checking and to solve some recurring issues in this space. Two years later, the organization hired a junior developer who also rebuilt the Full Fact website, which allowed them to start building a more complex fact-checking system, such as monitoring claims and how many times they have been said by a person and subsequently cited. Here's Mivan explaining how they got started with automated fact-checking. Around that time, we were getting a bit more serious about automated fact-checking. So we started, because we had all of this fantastic claim and conclusion data available all of a sudden. So we started looking into who has already made inroads into the space, who has already thought about if you have a fantastic structured database of fact-checks, how can you then build products on top of that to put out into the world in more meaningful ways than just a fact-check? And that's why our report, The State of Automated Fact-Checking, came out in 2016. And it was basically our kind of stake in the ground, saying we're serious about this automated fact-checking stuff. Here's everything that's ever been done on automated fact-checking. Here's a review of everything. Here's the state of the art. And here's how we intend to push that needle forward in the next year. It was a kind of springboard for a lot of conversations. We we wrote it in the hopes that it might kindle a few partnerships and start a few conversations here and there. But really, we did not expect thousands and thousands of people to read it and to sign up to a mailing list to then uh, hear more and start building things on a global scale. It, it really like kicked off in a big way in 2016 and even bigger in 2017. It was in 2016 that Full Fact received a grant from Google's Digital News Initiative to start building automated fact-checking tools, and the additional funding announced today will help the organization to develop and publicly launch two new tools in 2018, Live and Trends. The first automated tool, Live, is based on the assumption that people and politicians repeat their claims, Mivan said. So the idea is not to fact-check something every time it is being said, but to make sure the fact check will be easily surfaced when someone does repeat a statement they've made previously. So, for example, the 350 million a week for the EU claim that we saw during the EU referendum, we had fact checked that really early on, but we didn't have the means or the tools at the time to spot every single time that somebody repeated that claim. And that's the point at which it gets interesting, is how can you scale the fact check that you've done so that it can be distributed in a much grander way. That's what the first tool live does, is it monitors live TV subtitles and eventually it will do speech to text. So it could do radio or a press conference or whatever it is, wherever you are. It will take a live transcript of what you're saying or what you're hearing or straight from TV. And every single sentence will be matched against our database of fact checks. And when you've been fact checking for seven years in the UK, you see that actually a lot of people repeat claims that you've already looked at. Most of the time when we live fact check, we put out things that we've already seen before and can do well. 
it's actually quite rare that people will synthesize a completely new claim in a heated political debate without testing it out somewhere else. So that's, that's what live does. It's about being in a press conference, a journalist getting a transcript in real time and being able to say, I can see here that you've said that poverty is down. Actually, there are two measures of poverty. One is going up, one is going down. Why did you choose to pick that one? It's about asking like the more important questions in a way to trying to cut down the time between somebody putting out a claim that isn't true or a claim that isn't fair and getting people to instantly rebut that straight away and say actually here's a bit of nuance or here's a bit of complexity that you missed out. There is a second part to live which is a version two which actually is a bit more innovative and what that does is find claims that haven't been fact-checked before. So something that we haven't seen ever, but we know that we have good data for. For example, crime is rising in London. We know that we have statistics for that. You go to the ONS API and you'll be looking specifically for London and you can pull out that data straight away. And instead of giving the journalist or the fact-checker a fact-check, what you'll be doing is supplying the data they need to be able to make a decision themselves. So it's about if we can't give you a verdict straight away, giving you the data that you need to be able to make a verdict straight away. That can exist only because we live in a very data-rich country. We are also working across some African countries with Africa Check and in Argentina with Chequiado, both fantastic fact-checking organizations. And we chose to do that purposefully because we want these tools to be able to work in situations where actually the data isn't as rich. So it pushes us to think a bit harder about what do we do if there isn't an API? What do we do if there aren't live TV subtitles? And it's an interesting challenge. Friends, the second tool Full Fact is working on, creates a record of when a claim that has already been deemed false or wrong by the team is mentioned. It's primarily a tool for fact checkers and it's about tracking who or what is persistently mis putting misleading claims out into the world. So because full fact is a bit different to other fact checking organizations, we go out and get corrections as well. And we want to know whether we can measurably decrease the number of instances of false information in the world. And having that, imagine a graph that says this is how many times we've seen this claim and you did your corrections request here and here and here and this is how many we saw after you made those corrections requests and it's about starting to have more informed intervention and being able to measure our own effect in the world. But it also generates a really fantastic and interesting data set of who are the people who repeat misinformation once they've already been asked to stop repeating it. And I imagine there'll be some interesting insights there too. At the launch of the 2017 Digital News Report in London yesterday, a panel of speakers from the BBC, BuzzFeed and the FT also mentioned that both publishers and platforms have to come up with better and more engaging ways to debunk claims and misinformation, to share them and to promote trustworthy sources. And Full Facts tools are a step in that direction. When we started this, we know that there's not one product that is going to solve this big, big problem. <laughs> It's more likely that you want to build a central repository of the fantastic information, the good data from around the world, the, the valuable information about what is actually wrong, what's misleading, what is knowably misleading, um, and who are the bad actors in that relationship. And then thinking about, as another layer, 
how can we integrate this information into people's lives in meaningful ways and in different ways. Imagine like an API that goes, say you have a Facebook Live and it's showing, I don't know, Prime Minister's questions on Facebook Live. There's often a couple of seconds delay. Within that delay, you could even burn onto a live feed automatic fact check that in real time show you whether uh, Theresa May or Jeremy Corbyn have just said something that's wrong or even correct. But that even something like that will only work for the population of people who are watching Prime Minister's questions on Facebook Live. And it's really important that we start to widen out that net to people in other areas. And I think that's in some ways what I love about the internet is that it's just a wide mesh of so many different groups and people. And anybody who claims that they've built one tool to meet everyone's needs is probably wrong. Political events in 2016 and 2017 underlined the need for fact-checking and debunking, not just by news organizations, but also by the public, who can often feel powerless or unprepared to take on those who create and spread misinformation. In some ways, the problems with campaigning around politics and misinformation have been around for the longest time. I personally think that it's because of this heightened period of political activity, and it's been so close together, that we have felt it more earnestly this time, I guess. There also obviously have been concerted efforts to pump out misinformation <laughs> during the elections in a way that hasn't happened before. So I think that there is probably more awareness. I'd say there's probably a lot more fear because I think sometimes people feel powerless in how do I even spot fake news? How do I know what's true anymore? And I think it's really important that we all think about how we answer this question without turning people away. The worst thing would be that we scare people into feeling that there's nothing they can do about it and it's better that they shut off entirely because what that does is leave a civic vacuum in a way. Civic vacuums are scary <laughs> because it means certain people are happy to jump into that space that is left and it's really important that we equip everybody to feel powerful enough to be able to tackle misinformation well. That's all for me this week. Thanks for listening. But before we wrap up, we wanted to remind you about our next News Rewired event, which is taking place in less than three weeks in London. Join us and experts from organisations such as The New York Times, CNN, Al Jazeera and more for a day that's jam-packed with workshops, panel discussions and short talks on topics like community and local journalism, audio for social media, push alerts and how to make big things happen on small budgets. You can book your ticket for the 19th of July on our website, www.newsrewired.com. See you there.